you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Football is back. It's kind of. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. Dan Hansis. Heroes, Greg Rosenthal. Mark Sessler. Week one of the preseason in the books and now i'm gonna do my uh, best fireman ed here we go i'm taking it down let's get a lot of silence in the room get the whole building silent get it silent Are you kidding me? <laughs> Who said the preseason has no juice? The sun goes so hard. <laughs> never heard that, those horns. We've never been this deep into the production. Justin Tucker in the first preseason game just drills one from 60. They win by one point, the Ravens. 2019 over the defending NFC champion Eagles, and now they've won... Goddamn near a quarter of 100 games in a row. <laughs> in the preseason, the greatest streak since Joe DiMaggio. That's how you start the preseason. I, I love it. Um, they definitively um, are angling to win these games. And uh, with each victory, it becomes a more um, impossible record to reach for any other team with the way that the preseason is. Because think about it. Also, with one less preseason game every year it will take that many more years for a team to even get there and they won't they won't get there it's never going to be matched um if it does you can take me out with a bullet i'm telling you right now it never will be um and i won i also learned something about female assassin you know uh, best case scenario just do the job but like yeah. uh, i think the bills have won like 10 straight or something like that it, so no. they're, they're at least you have five more it's years of life close. guaranteed yeah, it's like yeah, when this streak started you had children that weren't even born yet what that's absolutely true. Harrison wasn't on this planet yet. If a female, if an assassin took you out, uh, Mark, from the sixth floor of uh, Amoeba Records in Hollywood. Right. Um, Not here. I thought, I thought you were going to say a parking garage. And you look up. Amoeba has been closed for many years. They moved and yeah. opened a new location. Yeah. Okay. And it's yeah. huge. 
Hollywood and Vine. From the book depository, you look up, you're dying breath. Because I know what you're thinking. You're saying, oh, that better be like a leggy brunette assassin. <laughs> okay. What if it's like what I'm thinking, or that's a fat you... middle-aged guy named Butch? Well, that'd that be takes dis- you out. disappointing. I don't think that's crushing. That's Even worse a... than the death itself would be. That's who got me. Yeah. After all the fantasizing about the female assassin to get a book, it would be it would be um, a, 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 the wrong way to go. I think the, the <laughs> other thing I have wrong is like if were I taken out by anyone's bullet, it would not be categorized as an assassination. It would mm. just be a murder. We'd, we would call it that because you. You could. It I, would, I would. I would appreciate years. you at least frame it. In that I would frame it as a, just because it would then it would have a political undertone, and I'd it would make Greg and I seem more important because we'd say it's connected to the show somehow and yes. the, taking us out and leverage our show. it in any. I won't be here to stop. You'll you. be a martyr. You know. I'm, well, I'm just imagining yes. the person who like is <laughs> just getting into football turned on this podcast for the very first time today. <laughs> the first two minutes seem to be some sort of uh, hallucination. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Don't worry. This and is a real football podcast. talk. Uh, because coming up later today, our our old buddy, Ross Tucker, former offensive lineman, uh, he wrote a nice piece over there on the 33rdteam.com. He got emotional just thinking about I mean, it, having an, this it, conversation. It's a website that does that to people. So Ross Tucker, uh, his tears of offensive lines. And if you don't think uh, that that's not vitally important in this sport, we call football uh you don't know what you're doing you're paying too much attention to political um controversies and assassination attempts and not enough attention to ball it's one in the trenches and ross knows what he's talking about so he's going to come on talk about those tiers um uh, but before we get into that yes preseason week one it's done so why don't we just have a little conversation I, i think a good way to get into this is uh uh, and Randy behind the glass today. Uh, we'll, we'll, Eric will be back later in the week, uh, and we'll have some things to catch up with with Mr. Roberts, but we'll leave it at that for now. Uh, Randy, we're going to talk about who popped and who flopped. We were workshopping a different name, but we've gone. Right, I thought we were going with who popped and who pooped. That was a big surprise. Uh, listen, there's a couple different routes we could have gone, uh, but then the poop sound effect would have been maybe not for I don't, the ears of the yeah. audience. And that actually was, you know, I think of you, children. You typically would gamble on the fact that I wouldn't probably weigh in with ideas pre-show uh, when I'm on my way here. You came in with a gem. Yeah, I mean, that just came to me. I said I have to share this with the group. It was getting ha-has on the on the. Big old thread. LOLs, big old digital belly laugh, and it just gets you know thrown out of the cap. We, you can still use it. You could use you just it. Go okay. rogue. How about how about next week for the preseason? Because I know you guys. You don't need to have a preseason. sound. You don't need to have a sound effect. You, you for for this for you if you right. talk about it. It's probably no, we'll give it. We'll give this you is the better deal. without it. This we'll, is better without. We'll, it. No, it's we'll, not. We'll do flopped. never. We'll do flop. If we have uh if we have a segment called "Who Popped Who Pooped" and we're not having some type of poop sound effect, what are we even here for? I agree. So next time we do preseason takeaways, okay, it, we'll, we'll call it that name. That's fair. How about that? I think that? it's equitable. Equitable is right. Well, we're a team, so you, you use everyone's ideas. See how that, see how that works, Greg? I love it. See the togetherness? The teamwork? Football is back! Kind of. Who popped uh, in week one of the preseason? Uh, Greg, I'll start with you. You know, I'm going to start with the same note. I started my 68 takeaways uh, from the Whoa. first week of the preseason. You can check it. out on NFL.com. Well, I, I thought you have to start with DeMar Hamlin just because 
of everything that we watched and went through last year that he went through rather um, and to see him out on the field and like we, we've been taking these steps in the process process that like he you expected him to be back but it still was different at least for me as a viewer watching him out on that field and he was very active like any any hesitation you thought he might have had, any worries, like you couldn't see that on the field. He was knifing down. He was very active in the run game. He was blitzing. Like they almost felt like they were trying to get involved. And our friend Cynthia Freeland was doing the game uh, mm-hmm. on the sidelines. And uh, she noted uh, on top of Hamlin being back, and that's such a great story, he's part of such a deep safety group there. It might be the best safety group in the entire NFL with Micah Hyde is back, Jordan Poyer's back. Uh, you brought in Taylor Rapp. Hamlin's out there making plays. It was the first time since Thanksgiving of 2021 that Hello. Hyde, Poyer, and Tredavious White were all on the field together. So that was just great to see. And it's one of those things in the preseason that, like, when we first heard that he's coming back, you're like, okay, that feels almost strange, but it's also exciting. Like, we'll see what happens. But it's happening, uh, and it's exciting to see. I do wonder, I mean, if the Bills get into a weird situation. They're so deep at the position that if Hamlin, you know, has a so-so preseason and from run-up to the regular season, are they ever in a position where they have to part ways with him despite the great story behind it? I don't think so. Just because he was such a valuable player for them, he's a good special teamer. I think, like, you, you carry four or five safeties, and I, I think if he had come back and wasn't sure of himself, but by all accounts in terms of the practice reports and what we saw in the field, how they were using him, like, he's going to be a third and fourth safety. They love their secondary. And they're not very good at cornerback, I would say they're not sure if they're going to start their first round pick from a year ago, Kyer Elam. And what I've noticed, hmm. a little bit of a trend around hmm. the league is like a lot of teams are saying like, look, we have three good safeties. Let's keep them on the field as starters and only have two cornerbacks. I'm thinking of like the Seahawks are a little like that. The Lions are a little bit. And I think, I think the Bills could be like that too, where they have three safeties on the field most of the time. How about you, Mark? Give me a uh, pop. I can't go flop. Let's, let's stay positive to okay, start. Um, we'll get there. You, know, you always I've, want to go negative. No, I just I had a I was interested in a, in a flop scenario. You'll get the first flop. So okay, that's fine. Greg can't take it. More teamwork because I know you're worried he'll take your flop. And then well, now you're I, bang. I'm looking well, over there, I can see. Uh, don't let him see your screen. I don't know why Greg does that. I don't know either. It's it's violating. It's sort of like an, an announced lack of integrity. <laughs> it's not. You're a lack. just announcing it. How you're can Trump, you just you're, not? You're trumpeting. You not see it. It's right there in front of you. Go ahead. I've been talking this team up. Wait, one second. Yeah. Do you like when Greg looks at your screen? I, I've made it very clear that it's weird to me, and I'll I don't I'll stop like it. it. I'll try to stop it. I mean, you knew that, though. I'll try to it stop doesn't it. stop you. Though. You can't stop. I'll try to stop it. <laughs> I use a lot of highlighters when I look, and different colored fonts, I look and I think at Greg Mark's, is attracted to you know, face as he's speaking, and the screen's just, like, right there. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to avoid. It is in your sight line. But he, I, I mean, stay locked in on those icy blues. Right. On some level, you know, you wanted that seat on the corner. You wanted, you didn't want the middle. He did. Seat, he was very so strong that, about it. That was part of it. Oh, so it's, a, re- it's, a, it's a little constant revenge needling. <laughs> the new listeners still like, right, will you go. ever get to let's football? Um, I have been talking this team up. I, I thought, you know, it was, what would the Steelers look like? I love that they came out with Kenny Pickett. They didn't, they didn't sit him on the sideline. Goes six for seven. I thought he looked very crisp. George Pickens, um, you know, it took him a little bit of a while last year to get going, but showed a clear like chemistry with Pickett. They had an excellent 33-yard touchdown connection. Um, I think Allen Robinson, 
He played a lot of snaps. I still am suspicious of him as a number two, but it seems like they want to make that work. But I just thought it was a great sign for the starters to come out. And you, if you're Kenny Pickett, they've been talking about him in training camp. I guess they said he's thrown one interception the whole time. I don't know what that means because that's that's situational. And, and you know, he's he's maybe that means he's been too conservative. He didn't look at that way in this game. I think it's a good sign for Pittsburgh that it looked like a better version of Kenny Pickett than even last the end of last year. He might have the most pop. Uh, from our friend Daniel Jeremiah, from lots of national people, lots of local people, just saying in terms of year one to year two leap and what you see in training camp, picket pop has been happening. So it's nice to see that confirmed. Yeah. To your point about Robinson, I, I'm riding this uh, Calvin Austin train here. Maybe it's just because he's 5'8", like 168, and that, it's fun to see those guys on, on the field. He was injured most of last year. Like he was their leading rusher in this game. He was their leading receiver. Caught a long touchdown. Like that might be your third receiver if Allen Robinson doesn't work out. Calvin Austin is kind of fun. And remember that guy, Broderick Jones, uh, mm. who everyone was like, oh, they stole Broderick Jones. This is where it's like, oh, you plug and play. He's your starter for 10 years. And everyone puts him in as a starter in the depth chart. Uh, it sounds like he's probably not going to start, which I was surprised to read that on The Athletic, that Dan Moore who was their starter a year ago, is probably going to remain the starter. That, That's really surprising. And that he would be the swing tackle. So th- these are little things you learn in the preseason, actually, because he's not working with the starters. Yeah, I got a pop that I know uh, America might not be ready for this. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm rooting for it either. But you know what? At a certain point, we're moving forward. Mark, the Browns are going to be good this year. The Browns could be really good this year. We just was talking about a smart football person and Aaron Schatz about their defense, and how the, he sees that as a top ten unit. We're going to talk to Ross Tucker a little later. He sees them as having one of the best offensive lines in the league. They have the best running back in the league. They have weapons on at the playmaker uh, as receivers. And I, I was very, it was very short, it was a very small window. But I thought Deshaun Watson looked like Deshaun Watson. Uh, in his one series. Again, that's why I don't go crazy about the preseason because it's such a small sample size. But th- he threw the ball well, and he, he scrambled well. He looked quick. He looked agile. He looked like the guy that was a very, very good superstar-level quarterback with the Texans. Uh, I think there's a better chance we see a very good Deshaun Watson to great Deshaun Watson than the bad six-game sample. And it's just on my radar as the season gets closer that – and we'll be b- making our predictions come – September, who's going to win that division. I would not be surprised if the Browns have a big year here, and whether mm. we want it or not, Watson, he's going to get another tune-up apparently before uh, the end of the preseason. Uh, if this offense hits the ground running, it would not shock, shock me at all. Good start for Watson in that offense. Well, I thought Aaron Schatz put it really well and how they kind of view what the Browns might be. It's like, do you take that six-game sample size, which happened, obviously, um, after a massive hiatus from playing in a, in a weird situation. I think there was a lot of neck-up stuff going on um, with the entire team and Watson. Or do you take the rest of his career um, and assume that at his age, he's not even very old, that like he still has that athletic ability? So um, that was the missing component or the unknown component for Cleveland. Um, if he flips the switch, like the thing that I think people forget about the Browns in general is because Andrew Barry got pulled into all this and the whole organization um, was distasteful to so many for their pursuit of Watson that you forget that Andrew Barry was one of the better young general managers in football before this. And the roster, um, they had some holes coming into this offseason. We talked about that. Short up the defensive line. The O-line where it's like, sometimes you only have like a three-year window on these O-lines. And like Cleveland's is still really strong. Ross Tucker will confirm that later mm. when we talk to him. Um, 
the defense seems to be better. They've got a better coordinator in Jim Schwartz. So it is arrow up. I think for me, Greg, like the one question is there are all these little whispers like does Kevin Stefanski's system and the Deshaun Watson skill set really marry the way you'd want? I think that was my takeaway from that brief time was how much he scrambled and moved. Like a lot of that was just free was freelancing and, and whether he's going to have the freedom or just chooses to do that more. And that makes sense. That's a strength of his, uh, like half the snaps. He was essentially making plays on his own, either scrambling or moving outside the pocket. And, uh, he looked effective doing it in limited time. And you can do that when you have a great offensive line. That's that a great offensive line can really, um, bring out the best in, in a great scramble. And this is final note on Stefanski. He made the most out of Jake Brisket last year. He made the most out of Baker Mayfield. Now, if he actually has a really good quarterback, I don't know, Mark. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling a little bit. Mm. I'm I mean, feeling a, a spicy a spicy 12. It's a crazy AFC. Well, you need yeah. a couple of these teams to like... You need a couple of these AFCs team that everyone's just ticketing to the playoffs to fall off a, a little bit. I just, like, I... I can see it all. I'm more skeptical on whether it's going to work with Watson in the offense, just in general, uh, being like a top 10, top five type of offense. You look at the rest of that, the roster almost in that division. To me, to me, their roster, as as good as it is, it's not any better than the Bengals or the Ravens and maybe not the Steelers either. So it's just a bloodbath. Yeah, but DVOA, like they, before the, the season, you know, curtailed yeah. with Watson, like with Jacoby right, but Jacoby Brissett in there, they were right. with, really with, effective. With Jacoby Brissett. Right, yeah. Uh, give me a, a flop, Mark. I mean, I think the one that just is so obvious, and Greg's already you know perused my screen here, so he knows where I'm going here. But uh, Trey Lance. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think Trey. Like, talk about again. talk about again. fit. Like, and I guess that is Trey Lance coming out of that performance. It's all relative, by the way. Everybody, calm down. These people didn't really flop. Uh, you know. It just rhymes with stop. Right. It does. Well, that's why I'm staying yeah. away from like any of the rookie quarterback flop situations. Like, whatever. Like, first appearance. This is Trey Lance's third season. Now, if you really look at his career, I mean, he barely threw the ball in college. And he's barely thrown the ball over three seasons or, you know, two plus seasons in the NFL. And I thought that first um, March, that three and out, where it's like, you're just not doing things the way that... Kyle Shanahan wants them done. And yes, you can come make some plays later on. Um, he threw a touchdown pass that shouldn't even be called a touchdown. They have a different category. Where you essentially threw an interception that deflects off a defender in a totally weird way when you go watch like their actual tweeted replay. You have to watch it like 14 times to actually see where the ball went. It was like a magic bullet that shot off him into the hands of the Niners tight end for not a score. A, not a positive grade on a, a PFF scale, put it that way. They would they would look right past it, or they would call it essentially just a turnover. Yeah, he had a play. 37 passing grade, by the way. So they well, did terrible. I mean, like I think the thing is just he, to me, like the processing, um, just watching him, he just does not look in a, in a system where it feels like you could plug Dan in and he'd get 88 yards passing. Trey oh, Lance thanks, still doesn't look comfortable. And I just I, I think if anything they wanted a good preseason out of him to find out what he is, but maybe to shop him. Sam Darnold came in and with one off season in the Niners offense, probably just a better quarterback, just looked way sharper to me. Can I just say also with this situation, um, and you could say the same thing about what I was just talking about with the Browns, but of course Kyle Shanahan is going very vanilla with his scheme on offense. It's not he's not turning he's not using that big brain of his to put his quarterbacks in the position to dominate in the way he will try come week one. So it makes it hard to make judgments. But yeah, you you would think Trey Lance where he is or and the Niners maybe where they are and do we want to trade this guy if we can? It'd be nice if he like lit the lit the opponent up this weekend. They also aren't letting him run though. They like that's a big part of it. Their line was 
brutal in this game. I'm a little worried about the San Francisco offensive line. I know these were Hold the, that thought. These were the backups. Um, so that's a big part of it. They were the backups, but I don't think it's a deep offensive line. I don't think it's a great pass blocking offensive line, but he's never played particularly well in the preseason Lance. Uh, he had a couple moments in the regular season. Like he, he, I, I think he took four sacks and a couple were on him. A couple were on, on the offensive line, but you just look at him and then you look across the field and it's Aiden O'Connell, who's like a rookie. I'm not giving a pop here, but I just, it was interesting in that game, the contrast and how well O'Connell played. And he was probably one of the few rookie quarterbacks that was that comfortable. But then you think like, who's played way more football in the, in his life, Aiden O'Connell or Trey Lance? Like it's Aiden O'Connell, right? It's the guy in college that was starting 12 games a year at Purdue. And it's probably the same age because half the rookies, it feels like because of COVID are like 25 years old. I don't know what O'Connell's age was, but like it, it's a little concerning. The most concerning thing about the whole Lance uh, performance was actually Kyle Shanahan spending like a minute after the game explaining why he really liked that touchdown throw Ooh. because Ow. he thought he ultimately like made the right, like that he went for it, that he made the right read, that it came open late and that he pulled the trigger. And I think that's Lance's problem is he's not Tentative. making quick decisions. Right. He's not pulling the trigger. And that actually the decision was okay. The, the He thought, the throw was a bit off, and, and the defense made a nice play on it. That was surprising, and like that. If that was where you're trying to find some positives, that's that's troubling. Mm. All right, hold that thought. Uh-oh. Let's take a break, and before we do, promo time. This season, DraftKings has launched the largest best ball tournament. In DraftKings history, right now you can enter into DraftKings Best Ball Tournament for a shot at over $10 million in guaranteed cash prizes. Make your entry into the draft today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the NFL season without having to worry about managing your roster, waiver wires, and more. To start playing best ball, download the DraftKings app using DK1 code. Enter DraftKings Best Ball Millionaire Contest and snake draft your team for the season. Each week, you'll automatically rack up points from all your top scores. No ads, drops, trades, or I should have played them instead. That's regrets, AK. Teams with the most points by the end of the season will have a shot to take home the $1 million top prize. So what are you waiting for? Head to DraftKings app and sign up with the code DK1 and start playing best ball today. Join the DraftKings $10 million best ball tournament only on DraftKings with code DK1. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you all right, we're back. Greg, you got a pop or a flop? Mm. Let's get to the rookie quarterbacks a little. I'm going to go flop, but I'm not going to give it to the rookie quarterback. I'll give it to the Panthers offensive line. Yes, so sure. you can get around it. Yes. You can get around it. Because I didn't watch the Bryce Young uh, performance live or anything when I went back uh, and checked it out on NFL+. Plus. 
Nice plug, bro. Nice, nice first preseason weekend for NFL Plus. Nice, smooth nice experience interface Very for nice. me. Um, when I went back to watch, I was like, I was expecting it was gonna be ugly. It's like Bryce Young didn't do anything wrong in that game. There was not really much he could do. There was one play that was kind of nice where he like got to his second read pretty quickly, made a nice throw. But man, he got decked three times. There's this whole idea that Icky. Kong Wu and yeah. like our colleague uh, Steve Smith said like look he looks like one of the best left tackles in the league in practice like he he was a, a bit of a disaster as a rookie and he was in this game and there's this idea that the Panthers have this good offensive line sneaky good actually a year ago but then you have a new coach and you have a new offensive line coach and you have a new system and people don't really pay attention to this stuff but oh by the way your two starters at guards are coming off of massive injuries one of them who's still out Austin Corbett and like Okay, that's a lot of ifs then. Like, offensive line play, and we'll talk about it with Ross, like, is not necessarily consistent year to year, especially when you're changing schemes. And so that was very concerning, seeing uh, that man get decked that quickly. I don't, I don't think he really did anything wrong. Maybe there was one ball he would like to have back. There wasn't really much to it, but uh, nice job by the Jets' uh, defensive line. See that Will McDonald spin move? I like Maro. this Jets. Jermaine Johnson, hello. Edge rushing group, and it's Quinn and Williams. Bryce and Huff. You don't want to put it all on defense, but man, that Jets' defense on paper is as talented as just about anyone. I mean... They, I, I thought it, it had to happen at some point. Solomon Thomas just flattens Bryce Young, and like, uh, he, he got right up, said he didn't even feel it. I mean, I don't know why. Like, we, why is that so surprising? He's been playing football. He a, got a ton, decked but... all the time at Alabama. Right. Like, he was hit as hard as like any college quarterback I watched. That right, thing. but it is, it is like it's just this thing that people were yes. waiting to see. So that's fine. I mean, my problem is like I don't know how to really assess Bryce Young. If he's this preseason, if he's going to be playing behind a line like this, because it's Bryce Young under constant. Well, it's going to be a bad year. Well, I just I don't know. It if, shouldn't be like that every week. You can't week, protect but that was a rookie bad quarterback, day. Day. especially an undersized rookie quarterback. It's that's doom. You got to they need to play at a average at least level. You'd think, but there's time. But I mean, it's I, you yeah, know. it was a small thing, but it's, it's Frank Reich's coming out being like, well, you know, listen, this, I don't really take the score into account. Like he's like, I do. We do. We are accountable for it. But it's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a great. It's the score doesn't matter at all. But just sort of an uninspiring, uh, you know, dawn to the new era. It was twenty-seven nothing. We should we should mention the Jets are back. Yeah, I guess we, we took off that tough Browns loss. <laughs> Shook it, that, that shows off the resilience. Game. That yep. shows resilience. There it is. That's going to play well on that, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks is going to play up the shutout the shutout aspect of it big time. I don't really need that. Like the I thought the in terms of the Hard Knocks episode when it got to the Hall of Fame game, I was like, eh. I felt like they were filling. Let's let's stick to what's going on in Florin Park. Uh, we'll see. And the Hard Knocks podcast. They were, me and Colleen they were doing this at the end of the last Hard Knocks. Just Tomorrow. stretch it out. It was interesting. Uh, Ming- Tomorrow Mingo, night. Mingo started that game for the Panthers. That was one one thing that was nice to see. Let's see. Really I have one that I want to hit. Um, I'm not going to – I don't have too many flops. I, if I'm a Dolphins fan, I, I want to see Mike White play a little better because you're going to see him this year in games that count. But I'm going to stick with Popped. And uh, I'm going to leave this one open because I know Greg wants to talk about it, so I'll let him do it. And I'll stick with the Bears. This is a big year uh, for Ibrahim and company. And uh, DJ Moore was such a big get for that offense. Uh, and he scores a touchdown. Uh, Justin Fields then dumps off a pass to Khalil Herbert on third and long. He goes 56 yards uh, for a touchdown. Stiff arms a dude, takes it to the house. And this was a great stat. And I'll credit ESPN on this one. So Fields, you know, you look at his stats, I'm like, Justin Fields, this guy's going to win the MVP. Just basically two quick, short yeah. passes. Yeah. Uh, but 
it, it matters because the Bears ranked last season dead last in yards after catch, uh, 1,100 yards. They did not have a single play rack up 50 yards after catch all of last season. Zero in 17 games. Uh, they had two in those two series with Justin Fields. Uh, is that going to continue week after week? No, it's not. But I think especially with Moore, uh, just seeing what having a true number one, how that could help and really lead to mm. liftoff for Justin Fields and and what's such an important third year for him. I mean, Moore is already part of one of the greatest plays in NFL history, that catch from P.J. Oh, Walker. It's a fact. This morning at the – I'm glad this randomly came up – at the uh, breakfast table, right. Walker's got on an NFL-produced YouTube video the greatest throws of all time in NFL history. Produced by who? Walker. NFL film. Or Greg. It's like it's a Rosenthal. It's NFL films. Yeah, uh, that PJ Walker throw was on it. And, and, and D- well, how about this? DJ how about Moore, we? Uh, Moore caught it. And how got, about we kick the extra point? Yeah. All right. I mean, then that we was... can talk about what a great win it was. I mean, they had like there was probably like 125 throws on this uh, thing, but yep. it was one of them. In uh, fairness, was... DJ Moore took his helmet off, making the extra point 47 that was, yards. That was stupid. You should be allowed to, to take your helmet. You know, that's uh, that rule comes and goes. They're very they 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 choose it when they want to. They also have a healthy Darnell Mooney, which is nice. I think Herbert's a nice player. I think there was this thought that Roshan Johnson comes in the rookie. This is where you you watch the snaps. Herbert gets all the snaps with the starters. Roshan Johnson's who had a nice run is playing pretty deep with the third teamers in the in the second half. So just a little fantasy nug there. All right, uh, Mark, go ahead. Uh, pop or flop? I'm going to go pop. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I think that's. I, I was at the Chargers game, and you know, last year the Chargers struggled to run. Oh, King of the Castle, King of the Castle. Costs like fourteen dollars to go. It's fine. <laughs> Going this week with my with with my with my children too. Oh, really? Uh, Going a lot. It really hit. But this time, the, the children were not there Saturday. No, they weren't. No, they couldn't go to that one, but they, they will go, go to the next one. Um, they missed you out on then the Stetson Bennett uh, fire show. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I didn't stay for the entire thing. Just yeah. like, Mark gonna with beat a, this crowd out of here. was not a fight. Mark alone Sorry. with a with a diet Pepsi, and his binoculars and his little um, clipboard. That's exactly taking notes. That's exactly taking what notes was for the offensive line rankings <laughs> chat. But there were some huge plays from the try. I think last year, like they couldn't run the ball. Six point nine yards per carry against. I mean, a a Rams defensive line that is um, ramshackle, problematic. Yeah, two hundred fourteen rushing yards. Um, Elijah Dotson, undrafted out of Northern Colorado, had two crazy runs, 37 and 40 yards in the second half. They just stuck it to the Rams later on. I thought Easton Stick looked pretty good as a backup. I mean, some of these teams, like the Bills' backup situation we can get to at some point, is sort of a blooming disaster. And, like, Easton Stick looked as good as he's ever looked. And it was really, like, he he ran the offense really well. I thought Quentin Johnston um, is going to be, I think he's going to drive people nuts. Because he he has some he does some stuff you know his hands just disappear but then he'll make a crazy play and you can see it all. Um, there's this guy Darius Davis who yes. another rookie out of TCU, yeah, 81 yard punt return for a touchdown. So I don't know, these guys seem like they want to be a more physical team under Kellen Moore on the ground and it sh- in the one game we've seen it it showed. Davis, I think is going to be a story this year. He was the best returner in college football. That one return was enough for me. Yeah. Because it wasn't really about the blocking. It was about the hesitation and the burst and the vision. And it reminded me exactly of Cavante Turpin of the Cowboys last year who popped a couple in the preseason. You were like, oh, wow, is that a guy? And he ended up being a total game changer for the Cowboys, one of the best return men in the league. Quentin Johnson's on my radar. Not a guy I would want to take in fantasy. No. I think he's going to be their fourth receiver. You you couldn't hear this because you were at the game, but Dan Fouts. 
doing the coverage was like, Johnston's, uh, he had a couple drops early in this mm. game, two drops. He was just like, he's had a rough training camp uh, because of those drops. And it's like, oh, wait, that's the first negative thing I've heard any announcer say about anyone on the team that they're covering you know, it's this bad. entire weekend because they're all working for the team and yep. you never heard it. And it's like, I'm going to file that away. He's probably wide receiver four there behind he, Palmer. If, if the guy's saying that for, and, and he's getting paid by the team, right? These guys for the preseason yeah. coverage. The guy has to look pretty bad. Although he, he yeah. is explosive. You could see he's getting open. I think it's and just hot and cold. He, and he had a great yeah. touchdown. He could be a red zone guy, but yeah. Not, not. All right, Greg, you have you have so many. You have Too 63 many. takes. Too many. So you got to throw out another I one. I want to go with what's, like, what's the most surprising. Well, we should hit the quarterback stuff. Let's go uh, Let's go Baker playing. I, just because I think it's newsworthy. Baker played well, composed, <laughs> and Kyle Trask. Um, wasn't a disaster, but wasn't good. So it was a clear and decisive Baker victory in preseason game one. And then, um, yeah, because I'm writing that article, I checked out a little pewter report action. Mm-hmm. Bucks cut well, stuff over there. They noticed that they noticed that Baker had the like his best practice day of the year on Sunday and threw a bunch of touchdowns and Trask had a bad day. So it feels like there's separation created. No big surprise there, but just. Just so you know, it, it looks like Baker's going to be the guy. Trask will get to start preseason week two, but I think that's it's going to be his last time in the competition. All right. I gave you a chance, Greg, and so now I'll bring it up. Um, I thought the Saints looked good in limited time. Derek oh, yeah. Carr in the field. Uh, uh, it, it's like the uh, the Joker movie, the Todd Phillips one. So many things. You, so many Batman-related things. Jetson and Bledson that you got to differentiate. The Todd Phillips film, The Joker. Right. Um, I think Derek Carr is good. I'm tired of pretending he's not. I think he's going to do well in that offense, playing in the dome. And Greggy, uh, Alvin Kamara did look very feisty and frisky in his limited play as well. Burst. It's unfortunate that he's not going to be around for the start of the season. Uh, that's his own doing with his suspension. And it's also unfortunate that Kendry Miller, their rookie, injured his knee in the game. I don't know how serious it is, but we were told it's a sprain that could go and Two very different directions. Uh, it's from De- Dennis Allen, so they don't have they have depth 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 issues there. Of course, uh, might sign someone. So somebody's coming into that building, uh, regardless. It sounds like, but uh, Carr, Michael Thomas, I like the the vibes there. If he can stay in the field, and and yes, Kamara looked very good. He should be ready to roll in late September. John Johnson uh, delivering on that fantasy. Chris Olave, they've said, has been the MVP at camp there, and then. It just sort of caught me by surprise when, like, Jimmy Graham caught a catch. Got, you know, <laughs> right. Jimmy Graham is on this team. He's not going to – is he going to make the team? I, I asked uh, our friend uh, Adam over at the, the Saints podcast, and uh, it was called the Saints Twitter podcast. Now I forget what it's called. They changed the name. Bad job by me. Um, what, because Twitter isn't a, a thing anymore? I guess. I don't know. Just like a, a rebranding. Saints X-Pod is kind of <laughs> kind of cool. I don't, I don't think it was related. I think they had changed it like, uh, like b- that. before that happened. Uh, but he thinks Jimmy Graham's t- making the team. So, uh, Well, that, why go through weird. the motion of, of like bringing him back just to have him there for three weeks Saints, unless he can't play? Saints Block Party podcast. There we go. Oh, okay. But what did you say? He thinks Jimmy Graham's oh. making the team. Michael Thomas, Jimmy Graham. It is weird. I like their uh, their first round pick uh, looked pretty good for C. Very good. Uh, we we got Ross in a couple minutes. So anything else? Mm. Go ahead. I have I have one that I I feel is somewhere in between 
pop and flop because it's a rookie quarterback. I want to talk about him, but like Anthony Richardson, I don't think he flopped or popped. I mean, I just think it's like a plop. Sure, it's that. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't want to overly critique him. I like I, I watching him. It's like you can see it. Um, I I don't know if he needs to really start the season necessarily based Mark, on what I saw. Put him underground. I thought he looked good. Well, it was fun. It was good. kind of what He's, you expect. It was a lot of he had a terrible interception, which is fine. Um, I I thought of anything though. For, like I thought he was is he going to try to like run off run out of the pocket on every play? Like kind of yeah. stood in there and threw the ball. Um, had that bad turnover. Um, I, he just the way he throws the ball. Like he's got some sidearm action, but like I think his mechanics are just a little strange. They're wacky. He has a quick release, and he I think he got rid of the ball quickly, mostly, and made good decisions. You're right. There were like two throws that were just way off, and that's just apparently part of the package. Reminds me a little of rookie Josh Allen. But then he also ran over who was that? Teron Johnson, I think, of the Bills. He just like steamrolled him, like it was like a 250-pound fullback over a little child, and you're just like, oh, man, that's a that's a quarterback. And then he made a couple of really nice throws, and they, they like, really went out of their way after the game to point out uh, Isaiah McKenzie made a mistake on that interception that he didn't read the right. blitz right. He didn't run the right route, but Richardson made a big mistake, too. It's like, if your receiver messes up, it, you could see him almost panic in real time and then just force it. You got to just throw it away or run to the sideline and, and eat it. Uh, but Reggie Wayne, our our former colleague was sure. apparently very upset with Isaiah McKenzie, who like literally apologized publicly about that uh, interception. I thought he showed enough that he's going to be the week one starter. Well, I, I mean, it's like, I, of course he will be. I guess it's just like um, he could have had a touchdown. That Alec Pierce, he, he threw a nice ball. Oh yeah, that was a dime. Alec, Alec Pierce dropped it and was upset at himself. Um, I thought on that run where he bowled the guy over, it wasn't like lowering the shoulder and getting like low. Like he just basically no. stood up and ran through him, and it reminds you he's like. As fast as people, but like 50 pounds heavier, made of muscle. It's like it's like a young Cam. I mean, in terms of size and speed, he as, jumps as up. a runner. Yeah, he, like everyone's been saying, he young Allen him and just jumps off the screen. You know what I want to give a little pop to? Just because yeah. it's newsworthy. It's not preseason really. Uh, Joe Burrow out on the field, not only practicing aggressively, kind of stretching pop, but yeah, okay, yeah. Well, he like went through this whole workout yeah. and he did it in front of the cameras. So to me, that was his R E L A X. No, your takes good. Randy behind the glass. Oh, not pop on that. Maybe I don't know if we need. I said pop. I hear pop. Press pop. Yeah. Okay. Listen, he's got a point. Shout out to Randy. I think that was him telling the greater Cincinnati area. I'm good. Relax. So I think we'll we'll see him back there soon. And they, I wouldn't be too relaxed watching. You know, Trevor Simeon and Jake Brown and stink it up. You got to get a backup quarterback, Cincinnati. Stop messing around. Mm. Um, Did you see the Trevor Lawrence touchdown where the, he where he evaded all, like 18 people? People wait, were coming the, up to him. That like wasn't him, was it? Rourke, you mean. Yeah. Nathan Rourke. Well, he had a night. Nice, we should be so blessed to have Trevor Lawrence making that play. It was, it was I mean, a now, backup. The Nathan Rourke <laughs> Jaguars. Touchdown. I thought it was too. He has a similar build. Oh, you know, yeah. no, I, I just saw it on like a tw- on a Twitter replay. And I was like, that's Trevor Lawrence. Holy cow. Uh, Lawrence had a nice uh, touchdown too. But uh, Rourke, see, I, I, never, I was pressure. not familiar with this man. Right. Did some research. CFL product. Was like in the MVP mix in the CFL this year before an injury. Very nice. That play and Bill Barnwell, who's going to be on our show later this uh, week, doing some over unders with us. Fun. He said, "Doesn't matter preseason or not. Uh, that's play. That has a chance to be the best play made by an NFL player this year. That's one of the best players I've ever, I've ever seen." People. Whoa. 
Hey, Mr. Hyperbole over here. He threw <laughs> off three. It was incredible. Three guys. And Incre- then it was a great play. As his knee is half an inch off the ground, <laughs> yeah. throws a dime for a game-winning touchdown with 30 seconds left. I mean, it doesn't. I, I just it's not watch, a real game, but yeah. Yeah, I just watched the NFL's greatest throws ever. I mean, it would, it, put it on. It would fit. It would fit on that list. I would have ruled him in the grasp, and I would have ruled him down, and I would have waved the play. That's not fun. Personally. <laughs> it, was a great, it was a great effort. And, Mark, as you're known to always say, uh, we are nothing without our fans. I mean, I can't have one conversation with Mark without him saying we're nothing without our fans. And with that said, let's are you trying over. to suggest that I, in reality, could care less about our fans? No, I no. mean, I'm saying I'm very, I very much am thankful. for Let's check in uh, uh, via X slash whatever. Uh, and uh, look at this. Look at this. Regan checks in, checks in out here. At the hot-ass Bank of America Stadium watching A.A. Ron and his Jets. Can't help but think Dan Hansis and Greg Rosenthal around the NFL. You can't see my boy's Patriot cap, but he is a diehard OG Brady fan. He was born in Connecticut, after all. We love football and the ATN pod. Now, that is nice to see from the fans. It's really nice. Wait, what's up, face? No, it's a, it's a nice message. You can't help but think of... Dan, Greg, all the guys. <laughs> oh, there was a follow-up. There was a follow-up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mark two. There oh, it is. There. Oh, I got my own tweet. You got to follow well, up. Got my own tweet. After someone. Well, it's a total <laughs> afterthought, but yeah. I know what I, I think I know Thank what you, she's Dan, attempting to do. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. I don't think she was attempting. I don't know. It was, a, well, it was I think she just, it was Jets it, it, to, you know, to try to walk, you know, to try to save her. Jets, Dan, and then her son, Patriots hat. So there was like a connection. So I was organic, just organically left out. That, that, that does, that's no problem at all. <laughs> um, Regan, if you're listening, um, just know this will uh, live inside. I'll be sleeping. I'll be tracking this heavily. He's not sleeping. This week. Um, All right. Let's move right along. I think we have a guest. We do. Hit the music. Mm. Joining us now is a former NFL offensive lineman. Played seven years. Cowboys, Bills, Patriots, Washington. Football team. Guy went to Princeton. Hello. And now he does color for CBS Sports and Westwood One. He's got his own podcast. I mean, Ross Tucker. My goodness. He's got his own podcast. The Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And now he joins us to talk about his latest rankings over on the 33rd team. Ross, welcome to Around the NFL. What's up, fellas? Love, love the music, love the intro, and, and nice to see all you guys. Happy football season. Happy Ross, football You season. mentioned uh, there that, you know, we're going to be hearing Ross on Sundays now on NFL games. Oh, hell yeah. That's a first. So I'm looking Congrats on that, that gig. We, we are very serious about um, studying those teams and, and to have you crack in the rotation. That's something to look for. It also you puts you in the, in the crosshairs here. We're sometimes critical. We do rankings. So now you're you're part of it. That too. That's you know true. what? I, I am totally fine with that. That's very <laughs> fair. I, I Listen, I do rankings on Mondays on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast for the press box food for <laughs> the different stadiums I'm in, I'm in. And I always say, like, I am very grateful for the free food. I am not complaining. I'm just evaluating. Right. I'm right. just I'm just reporting. It's my job. So as long as you guys are are tough but fair, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I will say this. 
Really excited uh, to be in the booth, three-man booth. Chris Lewis will do play-by-play, and then the other analyst is Jason McCourty, mm. which I think is awesome because, number one, he just retired. Mm-hmm. Number two, I've known him since I think he was a senior in college. I've known him for a while. And then I also have always kind of thought, guys, that the ideal booth is a guy like Jason who played corner or receiver and is really an expert in coverages, coverage techniques, route combinations, all that stuff with a guy like me that is really an expert in the front seven stuff, O-line, D-line. Because it's really you're not going to really find like an offensive line or defensive lineman that really is an expert mm. when it comes to wide receiver DB stuff. So I kind of feel like hopefully we'll have the best of both worlds. Do you feel like when in a three-man booth, you got to kind of, you know, elbow them out to get your comment in there sometimes? There's sort of one, an extra human being in there. Mm. You know, it's funny because I've done it several times now, and it is different for sure because when you're the only analyst, there is no question who's talking. It's right? the Ra- it's the Ross show. And, it's the Ross show. Yeah, and also play by play play man might not even get in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the other thing is, Greg, is you know people Pot don't realize, and, and I and I said this to Jason already. The big difference between radio and television, right, is radio, which I love. I can just say whatever I want at the end of every play. <laughs> TV, TV, you got to you got to be yeah. talking about what's on the screen. So what that means is a lot of times, you know, as the play is happening, I don't know if anybody's ever described this to you guys, but as the play is happening and the play-by-play guy is calling it, I am hitting the button, telling the producer and director, you know, 53 blue telly, 53 blue telly, because the linebacker came flying through and and blew up the play and made an awesome play. Or maybe they're telling me, you know, wide receiver corner ISO. And so you got to look at the monitor a lot because it, it does you no good if you're looking at the field talking about the pass rush and they're showing the wide receiver and the corner's coverage on him. So there's just a lot more communication on TV, a lot more in your ear. So I bring that up to tell you guys, it's a little different when it's a three-man booth for TV like that because, you know, what if Jason wants to talk about one thing, I want to talk about another thing. But the, the way it works out is there's certain camera angles, right? Like the all 22, that's going to be Jason. If we're showing the all 22, it's because it's a coverage. If we're showing a wide receiver ISO, that's going to be Jason. If we're showing the high end zone, which is the O-line, that's going to be me. So there's just things that you work through, you talk through. But there's just a lot more involved with TV stuff than the radio. I know. That's sometimes, and we're guilty of this as well, and you think about infamous booths like you know Witten's run there and Booger and and Greg you've had it out with some people in the past uh and you know guy flubs one thing or, or you know some type of uh you know error like that and we're all killing him but you don't really realize what's going on and how much work it is I have a lot of respect for the the that job and, and what you're doing Ross good luck to you transition thank you I'll, I'll give you guys I'll yes. give you guys one quick story right whole transition back to Tucker <laughs> one, one quick story. Saturday night, yeah, I did the Ravens-Eagles preseason game. Uh, I do the preseason games for the Eagles. And uh, the quarterback for the Ravens, I can't remember if it was Josh Johnson, uh, who I didn't even know was on the Ravens again, um, or, or Tyler Huntley, who I saw your tweet, Greg, about him playing in the second half, which is beyond 
interesting to me. But one of them, you know, rolled out to the right, threw the ball, and just kind of had to throw the ball away, right? Well, the the producer says, or maybe I said, I don't know, but let's show the coverage because there's nowhere to go with the ball. And then we go, so I show the coverage, nowhere to go with the ball. I look down at my phone during the commercial break, and somebody was like, the reason why he rolled to the right was there was great pressure from Contavia Street. You didn't even mention it. All you talked about was the coverage. Be better. Oh, no. <laughs> Who sent that? Contavia. It wasn't dad. Greg, but somebody. I mean, it's I just was, a funny because, like, <laughs> if, if 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 the producer says we're going to show the coverage replay, yeah, then I'm talking about the coverage replay. I'm not talking about Contavia Street. You know, chasing the quarterback as the other side. Like, I don't know if that was Contavious's agent or like his uncle, but it's, it's just hilarious to me. Like, be better. They don't realize that we don't really always have a say in. What I we're hate talk be about. better. Yeah. By the way, if yeah. we could uh, declare a moratorium, be better. Be better. Be, let's stop. That sucks. Be better. Never, never do be better. It's so condescending and snide, and it's just like let's lose it. Get fired into the there's sun. No, there's be no, better. Be better. No, be better. Tyler Huntley, by the way, might not make that team. Because uh, just the way John Harbaugh's talking, I just feel like they've been trying to replace him all offseason. They played Josh Johnson ahead of him. But then again, he kept that 24-game uh, winning streak sure going did. By, Hero. Playing, by playing. Quarter well. of 100 games straight. Let's all right. talk O-lines. Yes, let's do it. So, uh, Ross, great stuff over on the 33rdteam.com. You break down uh, your offensive line rankings into five tiers. Elite, above average, average, below average, and poor. You can see... Uh, where Ross has your team and get mad at him accordingly. Uh, elite tier, Eagles, Lions, and the Cleveland Browns. And that uh, kind of connects with a point I was making earlier in the show, Ross, about how the Browns just seem to have a lot of things lined up well. We know about the Eagles and Lions uh, and what they were able to put together last year. Browns surprised me to be this high in this uh, exercise. And you know what's funny, too, just looking at this? And we'll talk about the elite obviously, and I know we'll get to the ones below. If you think about it, guys, you really just – if you have poor, you have no shot. And if you're below average, you probably don't have much of a chance. Whereas it's great to be elite for sure or above average, but even if you have an average O-line, you probably can can get stuff done. You really just can't be below average and poor. But we have seen – the resurgence in Philadelphia last year and in Detroit, I think you could argue that they were both almost led by their offensive lines, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, both quarterbacks played probably much better than anybody thought they would. I mean, nobody thought Hurts would be second in the MVP voting. And then Goff, I thought that was maybe the best year he's ever had, maybe at least other than the one year in L.A. And I think they were led by the offensive lines. And so, you know, when I look at this list – of the elite teams, my thing is if Deshaun Watson can't play at a high level in Cleveland this year, then that's kind of a Deshaun Watson thing. I mean, you know, I'm still fascinated, by the way, by the fact that that guy was considered a top five quarterback the last full year he played in 2020 when the Texans went 4-12. and I mean, is that the worst record any team has ever had when their quarterback Mm. had unanimous, quote-unquote, top five play. I mean, I would have thought it's impossible to have a quarterback, you know, be top five in the NFL. And everybody agreed with it, and the team goes four and 12. How how, how do you even do that? 
I don't know. I'm, I'm now I'm going. To, I want to go look where we had. Him I mean, maybe maybe um, you know Archie Manning or something like that. But yeah, you're right. It's pretty rare. Um, I I want to ask you about the Eagles real quick. Uh, they have Cam Jurgens, who's going to move to to right guard there, and he's and you mentioned in your piece that he's essentially just been a center. Um, but you you must have immense faith in the development, the coaching in Philadelphia. Obviously, they pour so many resources into both lines, and it is the heart and soul of that team. Um, but to go from center to play guard, is it is it you played it? Um, is the position switch kind of like no problem for some guys, or is it like a wait and see how this works? So uh, it is much different playing guard than center, and people don't realize that. The easiest way to describe it is when you're center, there's no real neutral zone. The nose tackle's right there. And so you kind of just snap the ball and, like, grab him with the other hand, and you're very rarely isolated one-on-one in pass protection. You know, you usually have one of the guards helping you at least initially, whereas guard – there's space, a little bit of time, and a lot of times you're one-on-one against an Aaron Donald or whoever, and they basically have a two-way go. So the pass protect – the way I always describe it is like I could have started a whole year at center and been fine. I could have even – the way we slid left so much, I could have started a whole year at left guard and been okay. And it's changed a little bit, but right guard – with the amount of one-on-ones they get, that's when I got exposed. Like, mm. I I, just, I couldn't mm. hold up against really good interior rushers over a long period of time. And so I was worried about Cam Jurgens, really worried. I mean, this is a guy that played tight end his first two or three years at Nebraska. They just moved him to center, and he was unbelievable last year in the preseason for the Eagles as a center. Now, I don't, I didn't watch him take any reps at guard in practice. I don't even know how many he did last year. But I've been to training camp a couple times because I had, Mark, to your point, I had major concerns about that. Sayamalo's good. Sayamalo gets overshadowed because he's in between probably two Hall of Famers in Kelsey and Lane Johnson. But Sayamalo was good. But I've been to enough practices now. Cam Jurgens is good. Like, to answer your question, Mark, he's one of those guys that it just, it just worked for him right away. Hmm. Some guy, I've seen multiple teams I've been on where they would like try to move a tackle to guard and have him be the starter at guard, and it was a disaster. 2002 Washington, 2007 Washington, whereas Jurgens, I, mean, I don't know how the OTAs went, but watching him in training camp, watching him in one-on-ones and going against Fletcher Cox, he's not going to be a problem at all. In fact, he's going to be really, really good. That was just a good pick. Along like the um, just in terms of trench talk for, from somebody who's done it, because you're hearing about it, you have, in the below average tier, you're starting. You start with the Jets at 24, and this is less about the Jets and more just about what you're hearing about Mackay Becton about how drafted as a left tackle, they're trying to make it work at right tackle, and you hear these guys that get flipped on each side of the line say it's like learning a new position and having to do everything backwards. Is that like one of those things where you know, like patting your head and rubbing your belly? Some people can do it, some people can't. And how difficult is that a task to be to flip from one side to the other and expect to pick it up uh, in the middle of the summer with games that count right around the corner? So have you got any of you guys ever like um, broken your throwing hand or your writing hand or wrist or anything like that? Because that's the way I always describe it to people. It's like I I broke my uh, I actually had a bad that's a, it's a long story, but I had a snowblower incident 
when I was in ninth grade. Okay, Whoa. with my right hand. So I couldn't use my right hand for a while as that as I was healing. So I just started, you know, playing basketball and stuff with my left hand. And I got pretty good at it, but I w- it was never quite as good as my right hand, and it took me a while. That's kind of, it's similar to that, right? Like it's you're still just dribbling a ball or you're still just writing, but it's not hand that you've used over and over again. So it's a different stance and a different weight transfer. So picture like three hours a day, every day, you're in this exact same stance and every step you take is pushing off your left foot and left leg because you're in a right-handed stance. And then all of a sudden they have you switch and go to left. And for three years, you were in this one stance. Think about the hours you put in. And now they put you and you have to put, now you're pushing off your right. Now you're using your your right hand, your inside hand. Some guys, it happens faster than others. You absolutely can do it. And if you're a guy like I was, your job is to be able to do it either side at a moment's notice. That's what you practice. You practice actually both. But it's the guys like Becton that have only ever done one that when they have to switch to the other, it's it's like they're writing with their opposite hand. And you can probably get it done to the point where people can read what you're writing, but it's not going to be like a handwriting masterpiece. That's for sure. If you flipped me and Cecil right now, I would have a panic attack. Just, so just where I. you're sitting, you yeah. think. Yeah. Right. Well, no, but we've been sitting in the same place for like nine or ten years, to your point, Ross. You, like, you, you, suddenly you, can't, play, you can't play left host. I want to get to the teams at the bottom of the list at some point, but I do want to ask you about two in the at the bottom of the top ten, Chargers, Packers. Two teams I'm kind of mentally circling that could uh, exceed expectations. Chargers, uh, I might be doing this for about the 15th straight year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these two offensive lines, to me, have a very high ceiling. I keep looking at the Chargers offensive line and I'm thinking like, why couldn't this be the best offensive line in the league or or close to it? Rayshon Slater's back at left tackle. Uh, People might remember Zion Johnson. They drafted him the first round last year. They're moving him back to his natural position at left tackle. They really found something in Jamari Salier. And you pointed out, Ross, uh, maybe it's not easy for him to go from left tackle to right guard, but he's now going to be in their starting lineup at right guard. They have a great center in Lindsley. Those are four really good players, and the Packers are kind of similar to me, too. If Bakhtiari's healthy, you have Bakhtiari, Jenkins. They, they have a, a second-year player, Zach Tom, which looks great. Like, am I wrong to think that this Chargers offensive line, especially new offensive coordinator but the same line coach, like, could be really dynamic, and it's such a change from what it's been two, three, four years ago in, in Los Angeles? Not, not at all. I think they have a really good chance to be a top 5-0 line. If Sawyer can play at right guard the way I think he will after the way he played at left tackle last year, in a weird way, Greg, it's almost like a blessing in disguise for this season that Slater was hurt last season because it allowed them to discover that Sawyer is a good player. And even right tackle, which had just been such a disaster for them for multiple years, I think Pipkins is is solid. I think Pipkins is fine. So I think they have a real chance to be a top five O line. I think the question mark is moving a couple guys around. You know, you don't see that at other places necessarily. And how Pipkins and Sawyer 
play next to each other is the only thing really preventing them. Because I think the I think the left side and Lindsay will be awesome. Um, and then for the Packers, it's really just a Bakhtiari health thing. You know, I mean, I can't remember the last time a guy they're telling us he's fine now. I mean, it felt like two seasons in a row, maybe longer than that. He kept going in and out of the lineup and having his knee drained. I, I really thought he was done, to be honest with you. I thought this isn't going to happen for him. I'm really happy for him. It sounds like they think he'll be able to play the whole year, which is kind of remarkable because I think he got hurt three seasons ago, and this will be the first time where they really think he's all the way back. I'm sure they're managing it, but I, I kind of thought last year when he was in and out, that that he was just going to be done. Isn't he kind of like the offensive line version of Michael Thomas? Like you, you want this guy. He could be a difference maker and a star. And then you pencil him in in August, and you just cross your fingers at, at this point. But he has that level of upside. All pro five five straight years, first or second team. You're right. Yeah, he feels like about as big of like a X factor uh, for any team, Go especially ahead. especially with a young quarterback. Because also then, if he can't play. They got to move a bunch of guys around. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if they'll put Elton Jenkins out there, who I think is a really good player. I can't believe DJ Reader said he never heard of him. Elton Jenkins is awesome. That just goes to show you most of the time these guys don't care. They don't pay attention to offensive linemen from teams they don't play against. So <laughs> El- Elton Jenkins is really good. Like he's a really good player. So uh, yeah, I think that's a. I mean, if, if Bakhtiari stays healthy, they're top ten. If he's not, you know, then they're then they're very average. At best. So the Titans, um, interesting case study, because I think if you were a super casual fan, you probably still think, because that's been their identity, that they still have this strong offensive line. They're a disaster. They're number 32 on your list. Um, that's a free fall from where they were 700 days ago. What is the team that in this offseason um, did the most to improve their, their ranking? Mm. Who did the most? So to your point first, Mark, um, it's funny. My, my first game for CBS week one will be the Titans at the Saints. So really looking forward to being in Greg Rosenthal's city in New Orleans. <laughs> Do they have any good food down there? I like food, if you guys didn't know. Um, I think but it, it's on you if you don't find good food. <laughs> yeah, really. So, But, Mark, it's so the, the Titans are like the best example maybe I've ever seen of how fast the NFL can come at you. It was. It feels like it was two years ago that they may have had the best O-line in the league, and it was like Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Jack Conklin. Maybe that was three years ago, but now it's like they're all gone. Like Not, not one of those guys is there anymore. Like That's how fast it can change. They need Dillard to play, to play well at left tackle. That way they can keep Skaronsky at guard, and if they do that – I think they'll be in, in pretty good shape. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I guess to answer your question, I would say Denver. Um, the two that jump out to me are probably Denver and uh, Denver, Pittsburgh, and Chicago. That's three, by the way. But Denver bringing in McGlinchey and Powers, although that, that remains to be seen. You know, like just because a team pays to bring in two established starters from other teams – doesn't necessarily mean those guys are always going to play quite as well in their new city or with new teammates, but certainly Denver went up in my rankings because of adding those two guys. And then Pittsburgh and Chicago, I mentioned earlier in the show, I think Sayamalo is a really good player. And so for Pittsburgh to get kind of his veteran presence and to have him next to, if Broderick Jones ends up starting at some point 
at left tackle, the rookie first rounder, I think it's invaluable to have Sam Allo next to him. Yeah, Kelsey, uh, Jason Kelsey for Philadelphia said that Sam Allo is the smartest player ever played with. Wow. So that really helps a rookie like Broderick Jones to Sam Allo can essentially just make sure he knows who to block every play. Uh, that that's a that's a big step in the right direction. And then you know, the Bears are kind of the opposite of the Titans. Last year, the only reason why I didn't have the Bears ranked thirty third is because there's only thirty two teams. I mean, I, mm. last year I thought the Bears O line would be a disaster, but what happened is, it turns out that Tevin Jenkins of all people, who had been a bust for two years in a row at tackle, is a good guard, and they had a rookie fifth round pick from Southern Utah named Braxton Jones, who I think is a starting left tackle in the league and pretty good. And then they added Nate Davis in free agency to play right guard. And they've got Darnell Wright, who I loved out of college, to play right tackle from Tennessee. And that enables them to have white hair at center, which is definitely his best spot. And now all of a sudden the Bears go from me thinking that they were poor last year to average this year, which makes a really, really big difference for fields and the offensive skill guys in Chicago. Very good. Ross Tucker, you've said it all. Good man. Good luck <laughs> in the booth. We will be um, – listen, are we going to be fair? Yes. But are we going to be rooting for you? Yes. Absolutely. When it comes to time to really measuring what's going on in that booth. And let's tease it this way. And, again, check out Ross – the Ross Tucker football podcast and everywhere else. Next time you're on the show, Ross snowblower incident. That's how we lead. Oh yeah. That's a bad story, but I'm happy to, I'm happy to tell it. Yeah. Um, the mystery I, of it might be better, but we'll just tease it. That maybe way. we'll <laughs> always tease every Ross appearance yeah. going forward with the snowblower Next incident, but we'll never actually right. hit it. That's the plan. Ross. Thanks bud. Thanks Ross. Thank you. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Great seeing you guys. Keep up the great work. Thanks pal. Thanks there. He goes, uh, just so everybody knows, Ross's countdown, 1 through 10, is Eagles, Lions, Browns, Chiefs, Ravens, mm. Cowboys, Falcons. Falcons. Some uh, of the teams towards Vikings, the... Vikings, Chargers, Packers. Mm. Some of the teams towards the bottom are more like, you know, we expect the Seahawks to be good. He had them 26th. The Jaguars fans, I think, will we'll take some issue with them being... He factored in the suspension of their yeah. left tackle. Sure, they, they drafted uh, Anton Harrison, who uh, looked okay this weekend. I think he, he's playing right tackle. You got Walker. It, I mean, it makes or breaks team. If they really were the 31st offensive line, then they're being overrated. Same Like Seahawks, he had 26. We'll see. Jets, we, we've talked about those concerns. The 49ers, I, me I mentioned them. I don't think it's the best Shanahan. might be the worst line they've had since he's been there. The even. below average tier and down is Jets, Giants, Seahawks, Bucks, Cardinals, and then starting with the poor tier, which he also called Ross the no chance tier. Uh, Commanders, that seems problematic with a young quarterback. Uh, Rams, Jaguars, and as we said, it, the Titans. That I is, hope that I, is five playoff teams from a year ago. Someone went. Someone once said, uh, dog. It's fair." You know, Justin Graver can't be very happy about this either. I would love our old producer. Oh, they were a giant. They were a disaster <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, this weekend, <laughs> and on paper, they are a disaster. They actually had one of the more surprising storylines. I know we're we're getting going, but like the fact that Malik Willis versus Will Levis is a legit battle, and people thought it was going to be Will Levis versus Tannehill, and and Willis looked much better than he did a year ago, and Levis looked like a lot of the rookies a little overwhelmed and is playing behind Willis right now. It's one of the more 
more surprising storylines. And they're all in deep trouble behind that offense. Well, that's the thing. Like, you got half these guys playing behind the starters of the 32nd ranked line in the league. Right. Backups to the worst line. So it's like, and you got, you know, that. how do we, Will Levis, like, put him, I'd start him a game or two just to see him behind some starters. Maybe they'll flip him. Maybe they'll uh, flip him. But uh, I really feel like Tannehill's been done, uh, done dirty. Done a disservice. Tough sitch, tough sitch. Uh, two quick running back notes before we say goodbye. One, um, Rapshi reports that Jonathan Taylor, um, who has been away from the team, getting additional rehab on his ankle. That's one way to put it. The other way to put it is he's pissed because they won't pay him, uh, the Colts being the they. He's back with the Indy uh, as of Monday. He remains on the pup list. And his stance, according to Ian, has not changed, but he has returned. And in other news, Kendry Miller, I mentioned him earlier in the show, the Saints rookie running back, reporting out there now from ESPN. He is not expected to miss extensive time after leaving that game with a knee injury, according to a source. Good news. There is one other, J.K. Dobbins has been activated from the PUP list. Oh, great. Whatever the hold-in situation Nice little bundle there of running back news to close the show. Backfield bundle. Beautiful. Speaking of beautiful, great work, pinch hitting, Randy Chavez. Total confidence that he would succeed. Uh, Christy Stapleton behind, waving her arms. Why don't I get the respect? I was going to say, Christy's really the reason why this ship didn't go down. So That's, see, that's, that's the leader that you are. And do you, you don't have that funk music, by the way, do you? Um, I do. Because if you do, I'd really love to sure. okay. sing your praises. And yeah, Christy as well. A little funk. Jake Funk had a, he got through the line a couple times for the Colts in limited action. He was surprised. Not you. Not at all. That's how it works. I think this is it. They only need like four more people to get hurt or hold out or He'll always find out. He'll find out. It's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Thank you, Randy and Christy. Holding it down. Uh, we'll be back. Let's keep this. Let's play out with this. We'll be back uh, on Wednesday, the three of us, with another uh, program. Not just any program. The 47th Annual Fantasy Extravaganza with special guests. We will get you ready for your fantasy draft. Hell or high water. This is one you don't want to tell your friends about. Right. You get that edge up on them. Right. But that would affect our metrics slightly, so tell everyone. I don't know. I'm a little torn because I yeah, do want our, our diehard listeners to do the best. Right. But the Fantasy Extravaganza is back on Wednesday. And, of course, tomorrow, Colleen and I are back with Hard Knocks Recap Episode 2 immediately after the West Coast airing of that NFL Films HBO Anything else, Greggy? I think that's it. Till tomorrow, heed the call. Turn this up in my earphones.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 